Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. I love partying. She's young. You say, I drink to get wasted. You black out, right? Yes. Wild. You said maybe you'll be a stripper. I would have free drugs, free alcohol. And out of control. I don't think it's abnormal. I do know a lot of people who totaled their cars as a result of drinking and driving. Then you know a lot of moronic idiots. Now. We're talking about your daughter's life. Her mom is colliding with Dr. Phil. I had no idea what was going on. Okay, now you just wasted a minute of my life I can't get back. Come on. You're going to bury her soon if something dramatic doesn't happen. There's somebody I want you to meet. The night of getting drunk and partying ended up in this. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. If it matters to you, that's what I want to talk about. Are we ready in the booth? Let's do it. Look at this car. Mangled and completely destroyed after the driver crashed into a telephone pole going 80 miles an hour. The driver was a 19-year-old drunk girl who amazingly walked away without a scratch. You'd think that would be a wake-up call, but not for her. Two years later, she dropped out of college because she says it was a waste of time which gave her all more reason to indulge in the party lifestyle. Again, no wake-up call. Then, nine months later, she was rushed to the hospital, went to the emergency room after a night of mixing drugs and alcohol. She was so high on the combination, she tried to jump out of a moving car on the way to the hospital. Still, no sign of waking up. The girl's name is Layla. She's only 20 years old and shockingly still says, and I quote, I have a lot of party left in me. I love partying. I love the image of partying, the glamor about it. I just fantasize about partying like 24 seven. When I was younger, my idols were people that were on Rock of Love, the Bad Girls Club. I was so jealous of them because they were always getting attention. I wanted to party better than the people on TV. I equate drinking with having fun and being sexy. I like the drunk Layla. (laughs) Drinking makes me feel brave, witty, fun, outgoing. I do like looking promiscuous. I love getting up on the table and dancing with my friends. Guys started paying attention to me and I really enjoyed it. I've experienced bad things, but I think it's part of the image. It's part of the lifestyle that I love to live. I have successfully wrecked four cars as a result of me drinking and driving. I totaled my Lexus when I was drunk. I didn't have a scratch on me. Drinking and partying at 20 years old is absolutely normal. What is it about going out and partying that is so appealing? I mean, I'm 20 years old and I've been waiting most of my life to be able to do this. If I weren't living with my parents, I probably would be partying harder than I ever have. I feel like I have a lot of partying left in me. Okay, that's your daughter's opinion. What's what's yours? Layla tells me that she doesn't want to live the lifestyle that she's been living for the last year. You don't believe that, do you? You know what, Dr. Phil? I don't know what I believe anymore. Layla's partying is more important to her 
than anything. Layla is an absolute attention whore. I figured my daughter would grow out of this phase. Layla doesn't think that she can be sexy and have fun without being completely obliterated. Layla told me she could drink all of her guy friends under the table, and she was proud of it. Layla's attracted to bad boys. All right, come on. Layla's last boyfriend shot off a loaded weapon in Layla's presence. Layla finds him completely exciting. The worse, the better for Layla. We gave Layla a Lexus. She was completely obliterated and ran into a tree going 110 miles an hour. Bad things have happened to Layla, but she still parties. You say, I have a lot of partying left in me. If it wasn't for her making trouble for all this, you wouldn't be here and you'd still be partying and drinking, right? I'm 20 years old and it's, it sucks knowing that I have to quit drinking and partying when everyone else is starting. I've partied to the point that it's bad things have happened to me, but I haven't lost anything that powerful or that that much, so I don't know how extreme my problem really is. I don't know if what I'm doing is what average 20-year-old girls do. You say, when I start drinking, nothing else matters. I drink to get wasted. You black out, right? Yes. Okay. You say, when you drink, you feel brave, sexy, fun, and witty. How fun and witty were you being when you hit a telephone pole at 80 miles an hour? Not. Are, are you kidding me? Is that your definition of witty? No. Is that your definition of this is just what 20-somethings do? We get drunk till we black out, operate motor vehicles, which is a 5,000-pound missile, on public streets and hit a telephone pole at 80. You think that's normal? I actually, I mean, I do know a lot of people who have totaled their cars as a result of drinking and driving, so I don't think it's that abnormal. Then you know a lot of moronic idiots. Because I'm going to tell you something. I, I ride on these public streets and highways. I, I have children that ride on public streets and highways. I have a wife that goes on public streets and highways, and you don't have a right to be getting drop-dead drunk and driving up and down those streets when I'm on them, when all of these people on them, and when all the people in your town are on them, just so you can feel cute and witty. Because we don't really give a whether you feel cute and witty or not. I, I know it's sick. That's part of my problem. And I don't want to think like that anymore. I would like to have other goals, but that's just... I've had my head set in doing that for so long, I don't really know what else I'm worth. Who's paying for all this partying, by the way? I, I mean, I used to be a cocktail waitress. I'm, I would make lots of money. I would get drunk at work. And you said you don't know what you're going to do, but that maybe you'll be a stripper because then you can make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I've considered it. Well, my, don't we aim low? I don't really have a lot of self-worth. And, um... I've always been like, if I stripped, I would have free drugs, free alcohol, and all the attention I could ever want. But I truly, in my heart, I don't want that. I don't, but when I get in that addict, alcoholic, Layla party mode, 
that's all I think about is how I'm going to get my next fix. And being a stripper, that would come pretty easy. But when I'm in my normal sober Layla, I want to be happy mode, hearing someone say that out loud is horrifying. You say that you get a lot of attention. And the people that are giving you the attention, I mean, they're really quality folks, right? <laughs> That's who you really want attention from, right? That's your currency. You get a bunch of mouth breathers drooling all over you? Are, you. are you kidding me? At the time, I don't care. When I'm in that zone, I will do absolutely anything. Layla says that she's upset because she's being treated like a kindergartner by her mom. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. I can't trust Layla. I stopped telling her things because she would punish me. We argue about the partying six times a week. Look what I found. <gasps> Maria! I deserve more freedom because I'm 20 years old. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. It's been two months since her intervention. Terrified how close I was to death. Now. Jamie must deal with reality. You have a lot of anger towards your mother. And a recovering addict sister puts her pregnancy at risk. The first week your brother's back from rehab, you ask him to take you to the drug dealer to get you drugs. Because baby's going to be born addicted. Then on Thursday... You're broke, you're homeless, you've lost your children, and even Tony's gone. Alex, are you worried you might be pregnant? That's Thursday. When I was hungover from partying the night before, I caused a two-car pile up on the highway on my way to school. I was probably still drunk. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm completely dumbfounded. I don't know why you would want to lose everything you have to party. Well, Layla is tired of being treated like a kindergartner by her parents. Take a look. I can't trust Layla. You can't trust Layla. Nobody can trust Layla. I stopped telling her things because she would yell at me or punish me. Well, now we are on our way to a real party at a real club to have some real fun. We argue about the partying two, three, four, five, six times a week. Look what I found. <gasps> More She's very controlling. She automatically assumes that she understands what I'm going through and how I'm feeling, and she doesn't, and she never will. We had some house rules that we have set up for Layla. To live in the family home, this is what's required. Every day that you do things well, you get a smiley face. You do things badly, you get a frowny face. After 20, you're out of the house. I feel like I'm a little kid, and we did the same system in kindergarten. She does not follow any of those rules. I deserve more freedom because I'm 20 years old. You have three frowny faces until you're out of here. That's a good system when you're four. Uh, but the price of poker's a little higher right now. Correct. Uh, we're talking about your daughter's life. Yes. And I, I think, you know, the way the smiley face, frowny face works is when it's currency. I mean, when a four-year-old sees the gold star of the smiley face and they go, woohoo, I got me a gold star. You know, this is great. I'm going to please mom. I'll get some more tomorrow. Right. You, you let her start drinking at special occasions. She would drink wine when she was 14 or 15. 
We'd let her have a little bit of wine yeah. with you dinner. You knew she was drinking when she was 17, but you thought it was just wine coolers. Yes. And then at 18, you dropped her off at spring break with a bunch of girls, which you knew was a week-long drunk out, right? Well, I went with her, but I had no idea what was going on during the day. Lo and behold, she's in other rooms with kids whose parents got them hotel rooms without them there. You just wasted a minute of my life telling me some crap that neither of us believe. Okay. Come on. I didn't believe that she wasn't drinking. I had no idea the extent of what she was doing. You knew she was drinking when she was 17. You knew she was drinking when she was 18. You were giving it to her when she was 14 or 15. Bad idea, Mom. I agree. We need a reality lesson here. She is going to die if something doesn't happen. You said you think you're going to be planning her funeral. You are. I know. Because in addition to drinking, you're also doing drugs, correct? You have done what? Heroin, coke, meth, um, painkillers, weed. Well, let's have a wine cooler and chat about it, shall we? Right. Come on. Let, let's call a spade a damn shovel, okay? You are an addict. You're not a bad person. As a matter of fact, you are a very delightful young woman. I can't help but like you. <laughs> no, seriously. You have a great demeanor about you. I mean, you can write your own ticket in this world. Okay, this is something else I wanted to talk about. I had seven months at one point clean. And I have a bad habit of hanging out with bad people. I mean, the last time I went out was a, exactly a week ago. I was shooting up coke and heroin with my, with my friend. And I remember trying to force myself to think of the consequences. I couldn't think of anything at the time. Nothing mattered. Just couldn't think of anything that mattered? I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, do you know why? No. Did, did you know that last week she was out shooting coke and I mean, shooting I heroin and doing coke and all? days later. Yeah. But you didn't know it at the time. I did not know it at the so time. So no frowny face that day. <laughs> no, sir. We'll be right back. It's time to wake up. Your daughter is on self-destruct. You're going to bury her soon if something dramatic doesn't happen. The last time you saw Alexandra. Have you remained 100% drug-free during this pregnancy? I've been drug-free. <laughs> Her world was unraveled. Can you bring somebody in here to escort my mom out? The baby was born addicted to drugs. Now, you're broke, you're homeless, you've lost your children, and even Tony's gone. What the hell happened? Coming Thursday. Like, you go to AA meetings, right, and you'll meet somebody there. And she brings them home. No, she did bring them home, and that was it after the first one. Then we said, not in our house. Mm, we've been two. But, and you've got one in jail right now, right? One of your buddies is in jail? Yeah. Because he was shooting a gun off in a crowded room? True? Yes. Were you in that crowded room? Yes. Okay. Did you bring him home? I did. Heroin addict? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time, of course. I thought it was a friend of hers from the room, you know, somebody else that was trying to stay clean and sober. Yeah, because you know, you, you give her the benefit of the doubt because you know she's got such a great track record. No, because I knew she was trying to get help, and I believed her. Okay, what you, need, what you don't know, apparently, is that an addict, um, they will lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, maneuver, do anything and everything they can to be with their drugs. And I did not know that then. You know it now? I'm telling you now, you need okay. to know it. The way you can tell she's lying is if her lips are moving. <laughs> that, that's how you know if she's lying. Okay. You, it's you, still you hard to, to grasp. Yeah, well, look, it, it's time. Come on, it, it's, okay. it's time to wake up, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why you came here, right? It is. I mean, do you want me to pat your hand and say, no. so how does that make you feel? Uh-huh, and how does that make you feel? Nope. And how about you? How does that make you feel? Well, how does it make you feel when she feels that way? No. We could do that. We could do therapy. No. Or I can just tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. That's right. The cow ate the cabbage is your daughter is on self-destruct. She's an addict. You're going to bury her soon if something dramatic doesn't happen. And you say that you're doing all this for a while and it doesn't work. It's because you've got this fantasy land you live in. I mean, uh, you, you watch these TV shows. Let me tell you something. This is Hollywood. And then you try to emulate that. It's like trying to look like somebody on a billboard. They don't really look like that. This is all fantasy. And you've gotten sucked up into it. In the meantime, your life is passing you by. And if you want to change this, you're going to have to do a dramatic, dramatic change. This isn't where you go through a 12-step program. You say, well, I hang out with bad people. Well, maybe you're the bad people they're hanging out with because you guys come together and make sparks, right? Yeah. I've got the ultimate reality check for Layla after the break. I was that girl that went out every night in college and drank to the point of blacking out. I knew it was only a matter of time before I killed myself or someone else because of my lifestyle. Parents, if you're worried that your son or daughter's frequent nights out in the town might be more than harmless fun, then you can go to drphil.com right now where you'll find a list of 10 key signs of having an addiction. Now, I have someone I want Layla to meet, but first, take a look at this tape. I have always loved to party. I was that girl that went out every night in college and drank to the point of blacking out. I was a sorority girl, and just like getting drunk, going out to bars, and dancing on the tables at clubs was just normal college behavior. I've been arrested three times for underage drinking, have a DUI, been taken to the ER several times for IVs from dehydration, suffered from tremors and shakes from withdrawal, and still would go out to party with my friends. Deep down, I knew it was only a matter of time before I killed myself or someone else because of my lifestyle. It took being drunk at my grandfather's funeral and looking over that coffin saying, my God, what would he think of me for me to finally wake up? Laura, what, what do you think about what you're hearing up here? I think it sounds identical to what I was going through just years ago. You two uh, could be sisters looking at you, and if you looked at your lifestyle, you could think you were twins. It's a very destructive path you're going down, Layla, and you want attention. Your only attention you're going to get is when you kill somebody else or kill yourself and your mom's looking over your casket and burying you because you are going to die or kill somebody if you don't take care of this. 
my parents often worried. They were on the edge of their seats every single night I was in college waiting for a phone call and dreaded seeing that area code from my college town thinking it was going to be the coroner calling to identify my body. And you, you know how that, you, you, every, every night? Yep. I know how they felt, how they felt. And yeah, it's... Does it bother you at all that you put her through that much pain? Yeah. It does. And Do you hear what she's saying? Yeah. Well, there's somebody else I want you to meet. Um, Tiffany was only 17 when a night of getting drunk and partying ended up in this. The drunk friend who hit Tiffany's car was going 130 miles an hour and did not survive. Tiffany, come on out. Good to meet you. Tiffany, what happened? I loved partying. I was at a wakeboarding event um, on the water. Um, I mean, just tons of drinking were going on, drugs, everything. And, um, uh, sorry. I ran into an old friend that I hadn't seen for quite some time. And, um, you know, we were having a great time and I was completely inebriated and I wanted to do things right, even in that state of mind. So I was waiting for a sober driver. And once he came, um, I got into the vehicle. Um, I put my seatbelt on. The other driver who happened to be with us earlier in the evening, she's traveling westbound, we're traveling eastbound. She proceeds to pass the semi-truck. And um, once she passed the semi-truck, it was an immediate head-on vehicle collision at 130 miles per hour impact. Everyone was pronounced um, dead on the scene, as well as myself. And um, it was a miracle that I made a sound in the back of the car. Um, an off-duty firefighter paramedic was on scene. And, um, they had to cut me out with the jaws of life, and I had over 24 hours of surgery on my body. Um, they, um, and, you know, I was a party girl. And a year prior to that, I was in a court-ordered program, and I had to experience what life would be like in a wheelchair. And I thought, are these, are these people crazy? Like, this isn't going to happen to me, you know? Like, this doesn't just happen to me because I'm drinking, big deal. And I kept doing it over and over and over again. And um, so what would it have meant to you and your friends if you'd have been sitting here and had a chance to hear the things that she's hearing right now? She can get up and walk out of here right now. You can't. Um, it's a tragedy that someone else can be so selfish and inconsiderate of the damage that they can cause to someone else's life. Um, because of a night of fun um, that you won't even remember the next morning because you're so intoxicated. Um, and like I said, you know, it took me a while. I, I was in a quarter of a program. One year before that, I had to experience what life would be like when I was walking in a wheelchair. And I wheeled up that helicopter pad because I didn't listen. A year later, I was metaflighted to that same helicopter pad, paralyzed in a coma for three weeks with a 5% chance of survival. And it's a miracle that I am here today and to relay a message of truth. And I can only beg you to listen. This is you. You, you get that, right? And now her mother and her father deal with this and get to ask themselves every day, what they did wrong, how they could have kept her from spending the rest of their life in that chair, 
because you want to emulate some girls on television and be cute and witty. Price is a little high, don't you think? I don't know how to stop. You're an addict. You're in over your head. You can't fix this. I've come to realize that. She has a disease here. It's wake-up time, Mom. I can tell you, based on your lifestyle, this isn't some 28-day fix. You could be gone for a year. You could be gone for two. You could be gone where you never come back to your hometown ever again because of the danger there with the old entrapments, the old friends, the old triggers, the old places that are there. If you want to do this, you got to decide right now that you're going to decide to stand up for your life and give yourself a chance. You're going to do one or two things. You're either going to die or you're going to get better. And you know there's no middle ground. You'll OD just as sure as the sun comes up in the morning, and you and I both know that. Did you're that. astounded you haven't already. Yeah. True? Very true. I don't know how I've survived half the stuff I have. I got too lucky. Yeah, well, luck runs out. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a very conditional opportunity here. There's a, there's a treatment center that specializes in young women called Cottonwood. It's in Tucson. It is a top-notch program. And I'm going to give you one chance to go there. I want to go. You can do this. You can turn this around. She's turned it around. You can do this. And then your job is to pay it forward. Okay. We have a deal? We have a deal. You support this? Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, he's 24 and he's a shopaholic who's racked up over $100,000 in debt, all to keep up with his image. We're going to talk to him next. We'll be right back. My son, Josh, is a major shopaholic. It's important to dress the way I do because I have an image to uphold. I have 10 pairs of True Religion jeans, $200 a pop. To be honest with you, I don't even wear all these sunglasses. You're not famous, so stop spending money. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. It's been two months since her intervention. Terrified how close I was to death. Now, Jamie must deal with reality. You have a lot of anger towards your mother. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. 
We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the Real Brady Bros. If you would like to purchase a tape or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. 866-437-7445. Now, my next guest, Josh, says appearance is everything. And let me quote this. He says, I got to be fly. I am addicted to shopping. My son, Josh, is a major shopaholic. Josh has spent over $80,000. It's important to dress the way I do because I have an image to uphold. It's branding yourself. I have 40 pairs of shoes. More Lacoste, some more Pumas. I have 10 pairs of True Religion jeans, $200 a pop. Two shirts for $100. Be honest with you, I don't even wear all these sunglasses. I almost forgot about the watches. Colognes. Yvonne Shea, Sean John, for days, for days. I want to create an image because I want to be a recording artist. He tells me in order to achieve his dream, he has to spend money to make money. I buy quality studio equipment because I want my music to sound good. We'll go ahead and walk into the studio room. Oh my God, that's so sexy. <laughs> I have six pair of speakers, $2,600. Mac Pro desktop, $3,500. Two monitor screens, $1,200. Two microphones, another $1,200. Two preamps, that's easy, four grand. Software, oh my gosh, that's almost 10 grand. We argue constantly about the money. I didn't see where I asked you to go ahead and schedule the payment. It's my credit card, not yours. We have an extra vehicle, it's a Subaru but he told me that it would really ruin his image. I bought a car, I flew to Dallas to get the car. I'm a big car fanatic, I've always wanted this car. I do want to be looked up to and idolized. I'm absolutely speechless and mortified because you're not famous. So stop spending money. Am I being punked or something? <laughs> Are you serious with this? Yes. So you're a self-proclaimed poser. No, 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 no. No, seriously. No, no, no. You are a self-proclaimed poser. You want to look the part before you've done it. I feel it's important to, you know, have an image and brand yourself as you're trying to make the part. Look, I can bring out a LeBron James jersey and put it on you, but that don't mean you can dunk. <laughs> but see, it's not just like a fantasy. You know, I'm actually pursuing it. Oh, actually, and I've it done, is a fantasy. I've, well, it's not because, I mean, I've done charity work for hospital systems with my music. I do perform, but I spend more money than what I'm getting back. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me because it's easy just to uh, swipe the credit card. And hey, I'll pay for it later. It's not like I don't have a job. It's not like no, listen, I can't I, pay for I, it. Here's the thing. I think who you are is very impressive, actually. And I have a son that's a very serious musician. He's on tour right now. I mean, it's a 35-city tour, sold out in four minutes. I mean, having a ball. I'm into the music thing. I get it. And I've watched this tape and a bunch more of you, and you actually have talent, in my view. Not that it matters what I think, but right. 
I think you actually have talent, and you're also you work. I mean, you're you're very productive guy. I think you're a very impressive young man, to tell you the truth. It's just all this other stuff I don't get. Who you are is fine. It's who you're pretending to be. I got a problem with. Don't you? Yes. Well, no. I mean, oh, a little bit. No, no. I don't have that problem. I think he really does uh, portray the image of his pseudo name. However, I have the problem with the overspending. His pseudo name? Yeah, it's bravado, and he does have a single out. Okay, it's on iTunes, and but I have the problem with the spending because we get we argue well, all that, the time. That's, that's what I'm talking about. You you got to make it to spend it. You don't you don't you don't go a hundred thousand dollars into debt on stuff that doesn't, look, how you look and how you sound are two very different things. You can roll up to a club looking like somebody, that guy must be somebody. Oh, no, my mistake. <laughs> he just looks like somebody. I have no doubt that you can be successful, seriously. But why do you feel the need to pose as, the, as someone that's already there when you haven't been? I feel that people take you more seriously. Um, it's all about branding, in my opinion. You know, I, I just feel like if I dress the part, you know, and I want to be the part, you got to fit the part. Well, let's take a look at Josh's uh, monthly income versus his monthly bills. Monthly bills, $29.05, but your monthly income is just $24. So you're going in a hole every month, and that's with you having paid off a bunch of debt, right? Right. How, you think it was a good investment? Or do you think that was enabling him to do it again? Oh, I, I, I think, well, I think I enabled him. Yeah, there's no doubt. I did, but uh, he's paid me back. My thing is, I, she's constantly on my case yeah. about it. You know, it's not her credit, it's mine. Well, and it is hers. She paid off a bunch of yours. It's on my credit card. I pay it every month. But it is my credit, because but, my name is on the credit card. And you are foolish to do that. I know. You're right. I mean, seriously, don't do that. Yeah. What I do that for? So here's the thing. This is going to, you're going to wake up to this eventually. I'd just rather you wake up to it before you go bankrupt. Yeah. So, so you have the chance when you really have an opportunity. I did the math, and if Josh kept making his payments and never put gas in his car, paid for another meal or even bought a stick of gum, basically never left the house. It would take five years just to pay off your credit cards. Now that means if you start living for zero, you're five years away from paying these things off. And you can't live for zero. That's tough. <laughs> well see, well here's the thing. See, You'll be 30 I'll, by then. I know, and then I can kiss the music career goodbye. Josh says he loves to dress to impress. So I did a little test with the young ladies in the audience to see how well his image is paying off. We'll talk about that when we come back. At first I thought Josh was really cute, but... DrPhil.com, brought to you in part by... McCormick invites antioxidants to dinner. Add McCormick Oregano to grilled cheese for a delicious, concentrated source of natural antioxidants. Travel consideration provided by... Ordinary rubs don't always work on my arthritis. 
Tricapsaicin HP. It penetrates deep to block pain signals for hours of relief. Capsaicin HP. Take the pain out of arthritis. Well, I wanted to put Josh's image to the test, so we did a little experiment with the 20-something women in the audience without Josh knowing. Now, we showed the girls Josh's photo and told them that he's got a good job, a college degree, a career he wants to pursue. As you could imagine, there were a lot of takers. Seriously, right, girls? I mean, a lot of takers. Then we let them in on some other details about him. Take a look. He looks like a really nice guy, but I'd be very skeptical about going into a relationship with someone that is in that much debt for shopping. And if he lives with his parents, that might be a little sketchy too. At first, I thought Josh was really cute, but after finding out his financial situation, there's no way I would attach myself to that debt. Yeah, Josh, I don't think that's gonna work out. Us girls at this age, we're looking to get married and being in that much debt, spending that much money, puts a lot of stress on a relationship. Well, I'm a business major and finance is very important to me. So if it was a student loan that he had the debt for, it would be very different. But since it's his image, it's a deal breaker for sure. And it's a no-no for me. Okay, what, what, do you th what do you think about that? You know what, that's the, uh... First thing I told my mom, I really didn't want to go on the show for that reason. I was like, dang, this is going to, ouch. This, nobody's going to want to talk to me after this. <laughs> for what reason? Well, you know, if you know, I wanted to get in a relationship, nobody's going to want to have that baggage. Well, but they're going to find that out fairly soon. <laughs> right. They might as well know it up front, and then if they get in it, you know they don't care. I wouldn't care. lie about it. But what? I wouldn't lie about it. Okay, so but you just found out that you're not a very marketable commodity. You're working on this image, but as soon as they look past the vest, they go, "Oh wow, um, he's got a lot of bills." Yes, I do, and I work my ass off. And, but to pay you, him off. If you want to make it as a recording artist, you don't need two hundred dollar jeans. You need a distribution deal. But how do you present yourself if you don't dress the part? That's you what have, I, you know, see, that's my whole thing. Do you seriously think that the record executives in this town or Nashville or anywhere are interested in just your look? Because I'll tell you what, if you got the music, if you got the sound, if you got the chops, they'll get you the clothes. <laughs> when you go to an interview and you wear jeans to, uh, compared to somebody who's dressed like you or I, suit and a tie or whatever, are you gonna get the job over the person in the jeans, even though the person in the jeans has a college degree or whatnot? Uh, it depends on what they want. If, like, the house is on fire and I got real good firefighting skills, I don't think they're gonna care what I'm wearing. <laughs> no, seriously. You're right. No, you're right. They're looking for substance, not I mean, that's the difference between a, a pretender and a contender. That's the difference between somebody that's got skills and somebody that just has an image. You know, it's tough for me, though, because when I go to the store, if I'm, you know, had a bad day or something, I, it's easy for me to just swipe the card because I tell myself, oh, hey, I'll pay it off later. I'll when you get famous. Later. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I think that I have the money right there because I know it's in my bank account and then I just don't realize that. That's oh, what money's all spoken for that's in your bank account. Uh, right. 
<laughs> I just, I just, you know, I forget about all the other bills and, and so, priorities I have to. So you're medicating yourself with shopping. It's like I got a bad day, but it really feels good to buy this. I mean, for, in the moment, it feels good, right? It just brightens my day, right? Yeah, but then when the bills come in, it's not very bright, right? I mean, you're sitting no, at the I table mean, going, oh, you know, I got to pay all of this. And you know what? The thing that, that gets me about it is you actually sell yourself short because all of the posing gets everybody's attention when, in fact, you really have some talent. You're selling yourself short. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm curious if you really believe in yourself. You say you do, bravado, but the, the truth is, if you really believe that you, that you had it, you wouldn't be so worried about trying to convince people by looking the part, because you just let your music speak for itself. You know, I might admit that there is a lack of self-confidence in there somewhere. Yeah. And you know what, I'm not always dressing to impress. I just like to wear nice clothes. <laughs> Do I look like I'm buying that? No. No? No. I'm just saying I think you're selling yourself short. And all that money that you've spent on fluff that could be spent on developing your career would be much better spent. It's, you know, it's really, it's almost like an addiction though. It's just like an alcoholic or a drug addict. It's, it's really, it's tough though, you know. Once you've done it a lot and you just keep on doing it because the yeah. card's right there. Well, you got to program yourself. You got to stay out of the stores. You got to get rid of all these credit cards. You got to go on a cash basis. There's a lot of things you got to do to stop this if you want to stop it. But, and, I, and I'll get you some help to do that. I think my son's a very talented musician and so does his mother, if you could have believed that. I mean, we think he's great, but I mean, and he's very successful as a musician. And we ask him sometimes, are you going out in that? Yeah. I mean, we'll see him on the street and it looks like he's homeless. But let me tell you, when he sits down at that piano and picks up that guitar, all of a sudden you don't even notice what he's wearing. And, and, and another part that bothers me is when she's always on my case about it. Like, she needs to understand it's not her. Okay, I understand that credit card is hers, but the rest is not on your... But when she bailed you out, name. she bought a ticket where she got to say what she... She got a seat in the... She, she got a seat in the peanut gallery, and she bailed you out. So it's okay to be on my case every morning, every night, you know, before, after work? It doesn't work, so it's a waste of time. You've yeah. got to do this for yourself. There's no point in you staying on his case about That's it. True. I, I said I'll get him uh, some financial planning here, uh -huh. and, and I'll get him someone that will help him break this cycle of addictive shopping. And, and if he'll take that help, then you don't need to do it. Will you take that help? I of mean, course you, I'll you're, take you're, that. You're spending too much money Way paying off much. the debt that you have. Right. And I think when you get a second chance at this, you, you may look at this a little different. Well, there's no doubt that if I had a second chance, I wouldn't go back the same route. See there? I mean, he, I get, believe, he gets it. He, you don't need to be on I know. It. You're out of a job, so oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this over. Right. She's off your case. We'll be right back. For much more information on today's show, please visit drphil.com where we have everything you need to know to parent your child. 
Well, if you've got a 20-something you're worried about, I want to hear from you. I've got a 20-something, so I get that it's a different world than you and I grew up in. I want to thank all of my guests today, and a very special thank you to Cottonwood in Tucson, Arizona. They've been helping people for over 25 years. They're not new at this. They collaborate in developing and advancing the state-of-the-art kind of whole person uh, addiction and behavioral care practices. So they look at your whole life in this. That's why I say this isn't some 28-day fix. So we're going to get a plan going for you as well. Thank you guys for being here today. So long. Well, if you've got a 20-something you're worried about, I want to hear from you. I've got a 20-something, so I get that it's a different world than you and I grew up in. I want to thank all of my guests today, and a very special thank you to Cottonwood in Tucson, Arizona. They've been helping people for over 25 years. They're not new at this. They collaborate in developing and advancing the state-of-the-art kind of whole person uh, addiction and behavioral care practices. So they look at your whole life in this. That's why I say this isn't some 28-day fix. So we're going to get a plan going for you as well. Thank you guys for being here today. So long. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thanks. See you all.